Breaking the stigma of addiction. This is Zach's life, a story of love, addiction, loss, grief, and recovery. Reflecting on Zachary Horton and others in our community, both, both inside and, and outside of, of their addiction. addiction. Hosted by Jim Horton of the Zachary Horton Foundation. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce my guest today, who is Gretchen Burns Bergman. Gretchen, so nice to have you with us today. Thank you. It's nice to be talking to you this morning. Uh, I met I met Gretchen uh, a, a week or so ago. She was uh, referred to me by, um, it was Christina Dent. Correct. Uh, yes. Right, right. And uh, I had uh, had the opportunity to do a, a a podcast with Christina uh, last year, and uh, and her organization ended for good, I believe is what it is. Yeah, and it was just a great a great time. And you're the you're the director of the foundation, A New Path. So yeah, A New Path stands for Parents for Addiction Treatment and Healing. Uh, we've been around since 1999. Um, a parent group working to reduce uh, the stigma associated with substance use and drug drug use and uh, substance use disorders. Wow, awesome! You know, just on a uh, on an aside, I was uh, going through some Facebook posts the other day, and I saw this meme, and it it said uh, uh, someone said to me, you know, that they were remembering back 30 years ago, and my mind immediately went back to the 70s, and then I realized they were talking about the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so you when you said that you've been a director since 1999, all of a sudden I realized, wow, that was like 24, 25 years ago. It wasn't in the 70s. Uh -huh. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing how, it's, especially as as uh, as I begin to age now, uh, how quickly how quickly it goes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's been an amazing journey too. I, uh, you know, when we first started a new path, I started because uh, my son was struggling with a substance use disorder um, and he was incarcerated for possession of uh, marijuana back in the day. And, um, and I started the organization not knowing where it was going, but with a lot of passion and by the seat of my pants. And uh, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I realized that there was such a huge need for people to be speaking out about this uh, topic that uh, we've, we've just grown by leaps and bounds. It's just uh, was not necessarily intentional. In other words, I just got really involved in this, this movement. And, and of course, the more you, uh, are in it, the more you learn, the more that you see what needs to be changed um, in terms of our policies and our perceptions about drug use. And um, so it's, it's, it's a hooked me for life and it's made my, my life's work. Right. Yeah. And then you blink your eyes and 20 years have passed, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so now that's interesting. So you just said your, your son was incarcerated for, for possession he, of marijuana. Yes. Which is ironic because today um, I can go to several dispensaries, you know, within 30, 40 miles of where I live and I can go in and, and purchase it legally in yes. my county. Isn't it ironic? And now when we look back and and he was cycling in and out of uh, jail, then prison and uh, for 11 years. But today 
what what he was arrested for would be legal, you know. So I mean, and he was able to expunge his record uh, be, because of that. But um, yeah, it just it, th that cycle of in, incarceration um, that that um, it's just so detrimental, not not just to the individual but to the family members uh, as well. And so that's that's really what propelled me to action about this. Um, got together with a couple of other parents whose children were also struggling with uh, substance use disorders and also struggling with a criminal justice approach to it. And um, and so and then I became state chair of Proposition 36 back in the day, um, which passed in, in California in 2000, um, mandating treatment instead of incarceration, which is what, what we were advocating for and therapeutic rather than punitive drug policies. So uh, again, that kind of pushed us forward, our movement forward a little bit, and then got involved in all kinds of harm reduction, um, sentencing, prison reform measures. Um, it's just exploded. And the way I know Christina is that in 2009, we started a Moms United to End the War on Drugs campaign. So it was a way to um, uh, reach out further than in California, I had a lot of moms in other states who were saying, how do we get a new path in our area? We need one. And I didn't really have the bandwidth to create chapters. Right, right. So, so we created a, a collaborative campaign um, and organizations like uh, Christina's uh, organization in Mississippi, I believe, and then New York, we could learn from one another. We could uplift the work that other people are doing in this arena, as well as having a, a place for uh, individuals to do some advocacy work. Um, and um, so we create several campaigns each year and that's what you're, you know, okay. talking about. <laughs> awesome. Well, and, and I do, I want to dive into those a little deeper, but let's, sure. let's go back again for the, uh, you, you know, uh, our, our podcast is called Zach's Life After, after My Son, a, yes. a story of love, addiction, loss, grief, and recovery. And um, being able to talk to a uh, of another mother today of a son who who suffered from substance use disorder, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to focus just a little bit uh, today on on the love aspect. Uh, as as you and I talked last week, um, that's one of the things that I could that I could hear in your voice was the love that you had for your son. One of the things when you described your organization of of other and reaching out to other moms, that was a collective theme that's mm -hmm. there. and and i I found it I found it interesting. Uh, any parent that I speak to whose children are 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 working through their substance use disorder, uh, the way that there's a common theme, and that theme is that, we all love our children. And the love that I felt for Zach, you know, when he was five years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, isn't any different than the love that any parent feels for their child. Right, right. And, 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 and I'm just interested, I, I'd like for you to describe just the early childhood briefly of, 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 of your son, because no one, you know, no one grows up with a substance use disorder, right? You know, you can't identify a three-year-old and say, uh-oh, there you go. 
you know, and uh, so, so, but, but, but our, but our love is similar. So just describe what his life was like uh, uh, early on. Well, and, and to let you know, both of my sons struggled for decades with uh, addiction to heroin. So I, I love both of my sons uh, with, with a, a passion. <laughs> um, and despite all that we've gone through, you know, in fact, I had friends who said, if you knew what you were going to go through at the stage of your life, would you have not been a mother? And I said, absolutely not. I being a mother was, was, is forever will be the most important role I play in life, right? I loved being a mother. I'm, you know, I'm one of these moms that nursed both of their children probably too long. You know, I, um, yeah, they, you know, my, and both, no, you know, you have no idea that they're going to take a detour like they did in their lives. Um, they, you know, one was uh, uh, both, I have to say, as a mom, right, they were both really smart and funny and adorable and, and attractive and all that. Um, my, my older son was, you know, brown haired, cur curly haired, um, he was more serious, um, um, but he, you know, he wanted to be a sports announcer. He knew all the stats really early and, you know, uh, it played, they both played soccer, baseball, all, all this stuff, right? Music lessons, um, swim. I taught swim in my backyard. They, they learned to swim when they were, you know, they were taking their own breaths at a year old and, and swimming. So their, wow. their childhood was full of all of the, the, the normal, if you will, uh, things. Um, it was an intact um, home and a nice neighborhood. But nonetheless, you know, my younger son, freckle-faced blonde, looked like mom. Um, you know, he was he was more of an imp. He, you know, he's a kind of kid that was a risk taker, would be diving off the 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 roof into the swimming pool, you know, and, and things like that. Um, but they both, you know, started using drugs in their early teens, and uh, they both ended up having pretty severe addiction issues and with having addiction issues means that you also get involved in the criminal justice system, which is, as you know, I've, I've learned has is, is been so um, detrimental to our families, to our communities, to to the individuals, certainly themselves. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, Gretchen, yeah. let, let's pause there for a minute. So up until up until their their early adolescence, just a normal normal yep. childhood for for both and yeah. then some experimentation then turned into more uh more recurring use right yes now and now were you aware immediately when this when this extracurricular use began yes my older son really changed his attitude he became very somber and uh you know had the lip curl going you know the, the sure. authority and stuff like that i really i don't think we saw it in the younger son because we were so focused on getting help for the for for my older son right right and and the same thing with zach as zach when zach first started using it it seemed just like just regular experimentation yeah you know, I, I, we found a lighter in his pocket you yeah. know and he had a bunch of excuses and his mother and I talked about it. Well, no, he's got a lighter in his pocket. He's probably smoking weed. You know, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, you know, probably that, that first step, you know, and, 
But I've got to say during that time, and, and this is important for, for parents who have, whose children have never struggled or they haven't had this connection. At that point, I still didn't love my son any less. Of course not. In fact, in fact, I may have become, uh, my love for him may have become identified even more by my desire to find a solution yeah. or, or to help or to fix or to control or, you know, uh, to, you know, to, to over hover, to, you know, you know, fill in the blank. Right. Right. And well, so it's, it's as parents, that's what we want. That's what we want them to have a fulfilling, happy uh, life. Um, and so, yes, you get involved because you do want to try to help fix it, keep them alive, keep them, keep their opportunities alive, right? I, I was, I was talking to someone just today, um, and, and, and we were, we were discussing, uh, uh, someone, uh, who had had a relapse mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and again, understanding how the parents you know, must, you know, must be feeling. And, and during that discussion, you know, I, I just said, isn't it strange if, would we, would we love our children any less if they uh, had been diagnosed with cancer into remission and then a, a lump came back? Yeah, right. And yeah. then they said, oh my gosh, I've got a lump come back. Are we going to get angry with them? Are we going to love them any less? Are we going to do any of that? And, and again, that challenge is, our ability to accept substance use disorder as a disease that has been defined as by the American Medical Association and, and by uh, all kinds of statistics and uh, scientific proof and data that, uh, you know, that, that puts substance use disorder as a, as a, uh, a disease of the mind, uh, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so it, it's, it's interesting as for myself, as my challenges grew with my son, um, now, while my love for him never diminished, my frustration with him grew exponentially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But, but wait, I'm describing perhaps anyone who's ever raised a teenager, <laughs> you know, can have, yeah, right. Can have a lot of those same yeah. experiences. Yes. Uh, you know, you know, mine just had just a, another dimension onto that. So yeah, they're not necessarily likable in the midst of their <laughs> disease, but they but but you can still love them, you know. Um, uh, yeah. Well, um, and, and now for you, and and please go on. And now that once once your child is in the criminal justice system, that adds. I'm guessing your love for them still doesn't change, and and my son. Well, never, uh, you know, arrested. He did have a DUI uh, th that that happened, you know, that that he was dealing with. And again, I, I felt, I felt, I felt just pity for him. I felt sorrow, right, for him. Again, that now my, you know, my 18 year old son was going to have to, you know, bear this burden for another yeah. six, eight, or ten years, or or or, or, or whatever. Uh, but but again, my love did diminish, but. But now I can imagine, though, especially once your son was incarcerated, what the view of society around. Well, they viewed well him it's even a double stigma. But, you know, I used to say, how dare the criminal justice system choose to call label my son a criminal when I know that he's struggling with a substance use disorder. Right. And. 
you know, one of the things at those that period of time that I did um, was to learn as much as I possibly could about the, you know, I asked everybody for advice. I listened. I was a good little girl, you know, making, doing, trying not to leave any leaf unturned in terms of my knowledge. And, and what I came away with is, is like you, if my, if my child uh, was a diabetic, I would have learned everything I possibly could so that I could shepherd him into getting the right, you know, treatment if, uh, or any, any disease, but because, um, so, uh, you know, addiction is so uh, stigmatized, it, it, it's problematic. So I felt, and, and I never pictured myself being an advocate like this, like I, probably you didn't either, you know, I was, a, I, I was a dance instructor, I was, you know, a swim instructor, I was a fashion show producer, but, um, but, but my children had this issue. And when I say children, you know, you're talking about adolescents and now they're, you know, in late 40s and early 50s, <laughs> but they're still my children and I'll still fight for them for their, their best interests, right, throughout life. Um, but but it, it was trying to change the playing field to, for people to understand that that my my kid is a good kid just like your kid. He has a different disorder, and it's and people don't what people people hate what they fear, and they fear what they don't understand, right? So the the mission is to try to to um, to bring people in so that they have a better understanding so that we stop mishandling this as a criminal justice issue and handle it as a public health issue. And that all of us, you know, teachers, uh, parents, um, criminal, even criminal justice um, should all be part of the solution when you're talking about, you know, the idea is it takes a community, right? right. To uplift right. A, a youngster, right? Um, so that was that was the goal uh, in, in what I've been doing um, is to to uh, create better understanding so that we can um, change and and have more therapeutic and restorative policies. So so tell us tell us about the inception of of, of a new path. Um, I know that when I when I googled some information about you, I saw a, a 2012 YouTube where you were being interviewed and you discussed a, a a program that you were doing around the holidays, around Thanksgiving, I believe. Uh -huh. You know, which I found fast. So so talk about some of those things that that you've done and the the kind of awareness that you wanted to drive with that and and where you want to go. Well, I think because my background was theater. <laughs> Um, I, the, the skills that I would bring to the table would be that I can, I like to write and I, and, and I've become comfortable speaking, but, um, I understand that people learn in different ways. Right. And so, so a lot of the campaigns that I start are, have to do with people learning in a very visceral way. Right. So it'll stick with you longer if all of your senses become engaged okay. in the in the conversation right so um the empty chair at the holiday table campaign is what you're describing it's um thanksgiving through christmas um was was to really talk about the person that's missing in the room and i had a situation where when my son was behind bars there were many holidays where he was not with us mm -hmm. and and it really hurt 
it, it, um, I had the sense as a mother, well, I, I should be visiting him in jail, but I can't, they won't let me in, but I'm here with my other, rest of my family. Nobody's talking about him because he's stigmatized somehow, you know, and, and so, and then with my younger son, there were holidays where he was so in the, his maze of addiction that the family was uncomfortable around him. So he wasn't invited and that killed me even more. Right. So I, so it, it was encouraging people to sort of talk about the elephant in the room, but, or the empty chair, if, if you will. Right. And, and, and so the campaign was the war on drugs has affected us in many detrimental ways. And, and one, you know, incarceration, one overdose deaths, um, stigma and and drug war violence so the campaign is take a chair and you put a picture of your loved one and 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 say they're missing because of stigma whatever you have this little sign on it and then we created a video in and around that and it's quite compelling um it it, it it's it's taking a holiday that should be joyous but is so painful for parents who have lost like like you a loved one um to, to drugs and um, to those of us that had so many years of being conflicted ab about it. Now I had to kind of educate my family as well. When you're talking about educating and understanding, um, even my mother needed to know that my son wasn't just the bad seed as she would have called him, right? right. But that he that, that he was he was stuck in 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 his ad addictive maze. And by the time my mother died, uh, my my older son was her favorite person on the planet, you know. But it takes that kind of um, meeting people where they are with their their understanding level of it, and if they haven't experienced addiction firsthand, maybe they don't know. They don't know the true nature, and they don't know what family is going through. So a a, a way of uh, gently opening the conversation is to have these visceral pictures of. of and, and do you still, is that still a, a, a program and a, a theme that carries on every year? And do you do videos and? Yes, yes. And people submit their pictures and um, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's probably, my son thinks it's our most impactful campaign because it just hits people, you know, when they're thinking about family. Uh, you know, um, and the other campaign, and we hit on it a little bit, is um, the Valentine's Day campaign, which we're kicking off this week again. Uh, true love, not tough love. Um, you know, as parents, we, well, I got a lot of bad advice. I, you know, was told to kick my kid to the curb or let him go to prison and, and his head will spin around. And instead he learned to, you know, inject heroin behind bars. So it's, you know, that, so I didn't believe in hitting bottom. I believe that my job as a mother is to constantly be there to try to shepherd them into the services they need and to help people understand so that when they do come back, there's an open door, right? when they're able to find their way through the fire, there's an open door. And so, you know, we we thought about this true love campaign quite a bit, something to counteract the tough love, um, which didn't work for most of us. I mean, we even tried it, but it didn't work. And luckily my child did not die in the midst of that. Uh, but I came to firmly believe that, they, you know, tough tough love for me would mean that I, my, my, I'd lose my son.
and I wasn't willing to do that. Um, so, but I also want to give other parents their own barometer. I want them all to be able to listen to their own, uh, you know, internal truths, right? About how they parent and how they love. So I, you know, it, it's, it's a way to kind of just uh, give back mom's intrinsic um, uh, role, you know, uh, as nurturer and, 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 and a compassion, tolerant, nurturing, and, and give, give back permission to believe in, in their own inner voices about how they can best parent when they truly love their child. Um, we, we, we tossed around the word real, is it real love? Is it, you know, and we didn't want it to be romantic love. So we came up with it's true love. It's yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like that. And, and, and Gretchen, I've, I felt like because I I participated a lot in a in a in a tough love style group, and mm -hmm. the kind of support that I got there was 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 very real and and it, it was so important for my wife and I during mm -hmm. you know while my while my son was in treatment. Um, I'm such a rule follower that. I took what I heard and as I defined it, I followed it to, you know, to a T to the point where the not last nine months of my son's life, those last months, I had little contact with him. And while I would still tell him I loved him, I think my actions spoke differently to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we uh, didn't allow him back in our house. Uh and I would be very stern and forceful in the boundaries uh, that I set, even as much of boundaries about how much time he could spend with his with his uh, new puppy and and with the money that he had and the car that he had. And I controlled all of that. Um, and again, for his own good. Right. I mean, as a parent, mm -hmm. you just do the best that you do the best that you can. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and I often say, had had that turned him around, had that been a bottom for him? you know, losing his car, not being able to come home. Uh, I would probably be singing the praises of that right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, too often times for, for young adults or, or, or teens, um, a bottom in the opioid crisis means death. Right. It's not losing a job. It's not feeling the humiliation of uh, being homeless. It's just dying. And uh, right. yeah. so while I would never, while I would speak, to, and I still believe that codependency is such an issue, boundaries are so important. Uh, enabling needs to be discussed, but all of that in an, in an educational format where someone can can find again what level they're comfortable with and at some point at some point i'm not saying that 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 place would never come where the boundaries would be look as long as you're doing this you can't be you know you can't be here disrupting our home i mean i'm, I'm not saying that that would never happen but i i do and that's why i'm such a strong proponent of, of harm reduction now i believe that there needs to be a continuum Yes. Of that loving care like there is with every like there is with every <clears throat> disease and uh 
and and I think is as long as we're focused on true love, I mean, I, I love that. I love the way that that sounds. And I love the way that feels. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that would have had a difference for my son. Uh, I know it would have a difference for me right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and I would almost say that anyone who's, who's lost a child, and especially if that happened while they were, while they were towing an arbitrary line that they had been coached to do is, is feeling just as terrible as they could possibly feel. Yeah. Right. Now and now people that have I've also heard of loving your children to death where you give them everything and you make it possible for them to continue their addiction. And that's what and that's the fine line. And that's where I think the education needs to come into play. And that's where we need to find out everything that we can uh, uh, about it and things that are happening. And it's not just turning over, uh, I guess, I guess, turning over uh, the, the care of our children to somebody else, which is kind of what I I did in the medical field, you know, was just turn them over into the counselors and, and, uh, you know, just follow guidance. And I, I, I wish, I wish I had spent half the time or a 10th of the time that I spend now studying the disease at that time. And I was still active then I was going to every meeting I could, I was doing everything that, that I possibly knew. I just didn't have the education that I needed. And, and, and frankly, Gretchen, that's why these discussions that we're having now, and I, I always tell people, I'm not saying that I'm 100% right, but I'm, but I'm saying I know that I have studied a lot more than most people. And so let me share with you some of the things that I'm learning. <laughs> right. Let me share with you what the discussion is yeah. know, that's out there and then talk about it. And then the more we talk about it, the more that we educate ourselves, then I think the better decisions that we can make, the better, the better peers will be to, to our friends, the better friends will be, the better parents, the better children that we can be to our family. The, the more that we know and be better prepared to help someone else who happens to find themselves. Well, you know, and part of this true love, not tough love is a respect for um, the individual uh, and their child. Their relationship is not like my relationship with my children. It's not like your relationship. It's, but it's, it's sort of giving the parents back some degree of empowerment uh, about it. And, uh, and I always say, you know, you have to take care of yourself as a parent. You can't you can't go down the rabbit hole with your child, and you can't lose your own mental well and 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 physical oftentimes well being because of this. Because you, then you're no good to anybody. You know, you have to you have to do some form of self care so that you are there and strong when they're. Right. ready or able to accept um you know change um the the idea though of codependency was actually there's millions of books read about written about it but it was never based on fact or science and the truth is you know and we talk about educating ourselves more we don't know we know so little about addiction doctors my husband's a psychiatrist he and he specialized in addiction. We kept learning together. This is this is my second husband, not not the father of my two sons. But interesting that that you know he too was in this field, and admits that doctors got way too little education about addiction. It was just one of those you know short little courses right. that you had to take. And so um, we still have so far to go uh, in, in in this field, but. Um, I think there was this trend of 
okay, well, the doctor tells you to do this, that's going to save your kid's life, you do it, instead of being engaged as a family member and learning together through this process. And, and I've been, I've, my younger son was in 19 different treatment. <laughs> he reminded me that it was that many. I know there were some that he walked in the front door and out the back door. So maybe they don't count. But I never gave up. I mean, I never said this treatment's better than that one, hard or medication assisted or whatever. I just looked at it like a piece of the puzzle. You know, he's getting a little bit of uh, time where his head's clear to make a decision. He's learning a little bit of over here. And so, you know, people said, aren't you sad that you wasted all that money? And I said, I can't imagine anything better to spend it on. He's alive. I don't know which, right, you know. Right but but yes and and now he's thriving and we have this conversation both of my sons are drug and alcohol counselors now and we have this discussion about the parental because you know i mean my son laughs he says i get kicked out of a treatment facility the last time and they're saying you're just gonna run aren't you you're gonna and he was at this point ready to run and just do drugs to death and and that would be it he was he felt like he he just couldn't get it and and he says and there there's my mom she picks me up he says hippa what's wrong with this picture how did she know that i was getting kicked out that day and she shows up and and he was angry at me he was uh it, but i said please get in the car and, and he'll say well that was the first right turn i'd taken in a long time agreeing to get in the car and then, but he was railing at me, like how, you know, um, whatever. And I said, will you just give me an hour? Come to my office. We've got a lot of resources. I will leave you alone. I will leave you alone for an hour, but just give me an hour to calm down and think and look and see if there might be a resource that you could access. What he tells me that he did was he walked around the house and he saw pictures of family and this my office is I used to I used to live here now I don't but I still have the pictures of the family in the hall so he um he says I realized I'd lost you know over a decade with my family and family if I believe myself is the most important thing in life so I'll try it one more time and he chose a spot that was in the boonies and I could never get him to, to you know, go isolate like that. And he, so he chose the toughest one. Um, but, he, you know, I, if, if I hadn't been there to pick him up and just let him go, I would have lost him. Now I might've lost him anyway, but right. it, right. It, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I get it. Well, I, 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 uh, I love that. I love the whole thought of that. Now, and again, just so we can tie into this, is there a specific website for the True Love, Not Tough Love uh, campaign that people could? Uh... Yes, thank you. It's it's momsunited.net. Momsunited.net. Yes, yes. And you, you can also find these things on our, our organizational website, anewpath.org, anewpath.org. Uh, but the campaigns are on the mom's uh, site. And uh, yeah, we've got a little meme for it. And we've got the, the you know, if, if you'll allow me, the, the, um, the true love, not tough love campaign is that moms are vowing to uh, promote maternalistic values and nurturing compassionate approaches. 
um, to debunk the myth of codependency, to endorse many pathways to treatment and recovery. There's so much stigma in that area. Um, end prohibitionist policies that criminalize our children. Uh, support community-based harm reduction services, expose the intersection of systemic racism in the war on drugs, and demand tolerance, equity, and inclusion. So that, and this campaign, I think we're in our seventh year of this one and the empty chair campaign 10 years. We've done that for 10 years. Wow, those, I mean, those are in, in, incredible goals that are set up <laughs> yes. there. Yeah. yeah it's, if moms rule the world, what would we want? <laughs> That's right. <You> know? <laughs> and, and we always tease and say it's it's not it's moms united, but it's really mothers and others. You know, we're not we're not saying that that fathers aren't a part of this. We're just using the word mom as a you know. Um, right. And and so Gretchen, if someone if someone went to the website, uh, momsunited.net. And uh -huh. they would see some of these campaigns. They would they would find ways that they could get involved or that they could connect with those. Yes, particularly the anewpath.org if you want to get involved. Okay. Also, you know we've got pretty fa uh, active Facebook pages. The particularly the Moms United Facebook. So join us there and join part of the discussion. And um, yeah, it, it, with um, the a new path site, there's you know uh, you can send an email and say that you want to get involved, and I'll respond right away. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, now, anytime, um, Gretchen, anytime that I'm having a a conversation where I'm looking at a different approach. Uh, to recovery or to treatment other than a harsh old school and I'm just gonna I, I say it like that and that and that's that's kind of a negative connotation but that's how that's how it 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 feels just an, an old school um uh you know hey if we just had tougher laws and stricter punishment mm -hmm. then that would solve the problem well we know it wouldn't because it hasn't solved it it, it hasn't gotten better we've been doing it for decades right but still right. But still, and especially a, a lot of people that are my age or older, uh, you, you know, we grew up in that time where you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's, you know, you have the, hey, it doesn't affect me. How can you feel that bad? Look where you live. You know, you've got everything that you need. All you've got to do is just get your head on straight. If you just worked a little harder, if you just, if you just, right? right. That's That's the mindset. And then, then along with that, and and then, you know, I hear, so Jim, is what you're saying that the guy who got caught with the 2000 fentanyl pills that he was going to poison our whole community with, that he shouldn't be, you know, have any prison time? Is that what, is that what you're saying? You know, so are, are you saying that the drug cartels that are, you know, uh, murdering an entire family in one of our, you know, communities here because they got caught up in the drug war that they shouldn't be in prison. And of course, so that's the, 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 the conversation often flows to the, that other end. To right? the extreme. Yeah. Right. Of the continuum. How, how is that now, of course, seeing on my mind, I know that, okay, murderous kidnapping drug cartels versus you, your son on a marijuana possession somehow end yeah. up in the same prison. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, they're, they're in. A, I mean, there's a problem right there, right? But but uh, how how do you how do you support? How have you got to to that place? What would you say to parents? And again, if those parents knew your son and who he is, they would see what a a, a loving, committed man he is to you know to to the service that 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 he's doing now. But but we still get angry. We still get angry at what drugs are doing to our society. We still get angry at the crimes that they're causing. We still get angry at, at, at this part that we can't control. How do you balance that with, with, your, with your movement? Yeah, and that's a really thorny one, uh, Jim, uh, you know, because so many uh, parents are uh, family are losing um, uh, loved ones to uh, the opioid overdose crisis, and particularly now with fentanyl, um, and and so there's been a real kind of return in thinking to uh, to drug war policies, which we know, as you said, have not worked, have never worked. Trillions of dollars, and the drugs are still here and in great supply and all that kind of stuff. So it's that's about a retribution. We keep, we keep wanting punishment and retribution, which doesn't work. It might you might think it's going to feel better to um, incarcerate your way out of this and to how, you know, punish people um, who are oftentimes doing bad things, but it, it doesn't really work that way. It doesn't bring your child back. And we know, you know, on a, like my sons in their, in their active addiction, on any given day, they could have been the seller or the buyer. You know, they, they, they use together, you get a certain supply you share and things like this. And so I'm, I'm appalled because if, if my son died of an overdose, I would not want to arrest his best friend or in often situations, it's the girlfriend they want to arrest or the, or vice versa. Um, because then two families suffer, uh, whole communities are suffering and it doesn't solve the issue. In my mind, uh, that the, the answer to this is still harm reduction. And harm reduction would also uh, include um, decriminalizing a lot of drugs, right? Um, so, so if you employ harm reduction, means that you're meeting the person where they are, and that you're helping them to live the best life possible at that stage where they are, right? And bottom line, you have to keep them alive for the cure, you know. So, um, if 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 abstinence is the only is the only goal, then you're, we're going to lose a lot of people who, um, who might do very well on medication assisted treatment and recovery, right? So, so I think if we can get rid of the judgment and, and, and stigma and prejudice and, and look at the situation, most of these deaths, most of the use is happening with kids using together. Or young people using together, it's even happening with adults who get their meds mixed up because they're on pain meds and and that kind of thing. So, um, I just think we need to take a step back. And I'm going to share with you something that my sister lost her son when he was 17 years old in a ski accident. Everybody said, "Sue the mountain, you know, you you can have money," and she's like what the hell is that going to do for me? You know, I, I, he was skiing a sport. He loved, it was a freak accident. I would got, I don't want that kind of money. 
uh, I want, and instead she put a plaque on the mountain, you know, with his poetry on it so that he would be remembered in a way that, that feels good. And we all, the family goes and skis there and sees Eric's poem on the mountainside. And, um, and so I think getting people um, to understand that the eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth mentality doesn't really work and nobody's happy. It doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. It just, um, it makes more families suffer. Um, so uh, th that's why I, I really believe in harm reduction. And, you know, I have one son who's, uh, whose recovery is based on absolute abstinence, but he understands that it's not just about him. This one works. He tried everything else and this one worked for him this time, right? Um, but that everybody needs to choose the path that will work for them so that they can live their best life. And then maybe if they want to change that down the road, they decide, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of smoking pot to keep my, you know, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the next step, which is basically what my older son did. He didn't quit everything. He quit one at a time. You know, right, right. It, yeah. Well, and I mean, I, boy, that's how that's how we treat a lot of other diseases. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, that's 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 how it, that's that's part of that process. And you know, the more the more uh, um, data that's uh, written, the more journal articles that are produced, the more longitudinal studies that show that as a viable as a viable means. And and again, because the just the pure abstinence program, again, while while it's effective for some, it, it had a very very low success rate overall. Right, right. In right. terms of relapse and yeah. you, you know, so so again, I mean, I I see that as the final goal. Yes, we would all be better off, you know, if uh, if 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 that if that was a way. But if that's if that's not feasible, and it doesn't appear to be after decades and decades of you know, of, of attempting it that way, then, then let's find, like you say, let's find some way to keep people alive and until they can make the best decision for their life. Right. 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 Yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, Gretchen, is there anything else in kind of wrapping up that you'd like to leave people with about, again, about your organizations or about what's, what's coming up next or how people could, if if they've never heard of this, how they can start one of these or contact you for something like this, just in their own uh, in their own uh, areas. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm going to give you my direct email because I would love to hear from uh, from people who want to get involved in this. I just want to share that there's a lot of power in um, you know kind of taking lemons and making them into lemonade that that um even for uh, a lot of parents that we've met that are grieving like you jim that 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 it, it really it really helps to get involved in 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 something and make the world a better place for generations down the road so i encourage you to get involved in, in any level that you want to so my my email is g r e t gret a new path at cox.net. And so if you're interested in being a Moms United representative or you're interested in hearing more, or if you want to just debate me <laughs> about <laughs> some of these issues, um, reach out. But I would say if, if you do agree with me 
uh, about that really needing to have people understand better that this is a public health issue and as substance use disorders, these are not bad people doing bad things, but they're people that are struggling with a disorder. Um, oftentimes you start by talking just with your own family members to see where they are with that. And if you're not comfortable public speaking, I, I was not comfortable in the beginning, uh, just you know, time on the road made me comfortable. Um, speaking, but um, but you know, do whatever you can to start the conversation when you see that their people are distancing themselves from people who are struggling with a substance use disorder, and instead start the conversation so that they can better understand it and 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 embrace that person with love. That, that's that's awesome. And, and Gretchen, something that you pointed out and and. Uh, that I want to connect with is it's not important that I agree with everything that you're saying. This isn't an either or right. uh, situation or, or that's how I perceive it. That's how I'm, that's how I'm accepting it today. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure I don't agree with everything that you mm -hmm. that you say. Most days I don't agree with everything that I believe. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to be in that constant dynamic set of learning, right. And, and, and growing. So I always want there to be there always to be room for that, but but uh, I, I appreciate your willingness for people to contact you and just have a discussion with you, and I think that's what that's that's what is so important is that we start a, a, a new a new discussion and we have that discussion with our families we have that discussion with our neighbors and we at least start having a discussion, right and mm -hmm. and and if we did that in all aspects of our life I mean we can see the polarization that takes place on every news channel that you turn on, on, you know, it, you know, every talk radio station that happens. And it's so often it's, it's, uh, it's people being angry about something and then pushing that, pushing that anger uh, uh, to, you know, to, to, to be a conflict with somebody else. And now instead of looking for solutions, all you're doing is, you know, is finding out in my mind or your mind, what makes the other party or the other opinion incorrect or makes it wrong, right? right? Yeah. And I just want to search for more for more solutions and for more positive ways. And some of those are going to include some of the old ways and some may include some some new ways. But uh, again, I appreciate your openness and willingness to, to again, share what you're doing and then uh, open up an opportunity for us to contact you and and find out find out more information. So yeah, thank, thank you so you. much, uh, Gretchen, for, uh, for uh, spending that time today. And uh, I know I'm going to do some more research on your websites too, and and uh, <laughs> sign up on your Facebook uh, as well. Okay. Oh, good, good. Yes, We'd yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. So uh, for everyone today uh, listening, and then for those who get to join us on the YouTube channel, uh, uh, thanks so much. Um, as always, I say, uh, uh, reach out to someone today. Tell them that you love them. I'm Zach Stapp. Beautiful, Jim. Thank you. This has been an episode of Zach's Life. Thank you so much for listening. For more info on our foundation and for addiction resources, visit ZacharyHortonFoundation.org or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. 
If you have a story to tell and want to be a guest on our podcast, email me directly at jim at zacharyhortonfoundation.org.